This is Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. According to the Roman philosopher Seneca, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. No one can call Francine Zana lucky. From growing up in a Port Elizabeth township to making the transition from a chambermaid to company owner, this determined and charismatic lady has worked incredibly hard to make a success of her life. Her drive and enthusiasm is infectious and her story is one that should inspire not only South Africans from a disadvantaged background, but also anyone looking for an example of how to follow your desired path in life. Enjoy. Well, this podcast is all about people who are an inspiration. And to me, Francine, you are an inspiration. Uh, despite the challenges that life has dealt you, you've grown in both your personal and professional life. But I want to know, before we get into the real depth of the story, where did that determination come from? Mm, I think it, it came from, you know, when you grow up and you see other kids and um, you look at their family structure and how well things are going for them. So I think as a child, I've always wanted to fit in. But then when you see that things are not going the way you want or you're not from that uh, perfect family structure, then I, 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 I had it in me that I need to make things happen. So I've always had this strength, you know. So the setup, the family setup has, has, has actually, I think, helped me and it has pushed me to who I am or groomed me to be who I am today. Now, you're born and bred in the Eastern Cape. Yeah. You're just up the road from here at the studios where we're recording this. Cooker, uh, you moved to Motherwell. Yeah. Tell me about your experiences growing up. Let's go into, into the family relationships. How did they sort of shape you? Family uh, dynamics, you know, growing up, we, we were staying with my grandmother and my grandfather because my father was working and staying in, um, we called it Kucha, Engucha or Ekiwen, you know, because uh, the team was, uh, my father was working for syrup or salt. So stuff was allocated like um a place to stay that was for specifically for people working in in Serapos. So my grandparents were staying in Roma. So <laughs> Roma, we were, you know, it's a small, 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 small setup. I think it was about uh, less than 20 households, but it was very, very nice. Uh, we had everything going, with, but back then we didn't have electricity and all of that. But we had to live between the two the two small small towns in in, in Serapos and also where my parents are staying in Roma. So I grew up from a Catholic uh, Roman Catholic family. So hence you see you hear the name Francine. So when everyone is born, you are given a closer name and you are also given like a biblical name. So there's even there's always a middle name. My father is is Namile Michael. Janji and my grandmother is uh, so we were given all these middle names and we were also forced uh, to go to church every Sunday there was a small church, a Roman Catholic church uh, specifically for us so I'm, I'm from a very religious uh, family so that has helped me a lot you know having a grandmother was like every Sunday so we didn't even know the difference between you know Friday and Sundays and Mondays because we were praying family. So it was very religious set up for us back in Kucha. And you're one of five, I believe? I'm one of five. One of five kids. I'm the second born, actually. So, yeah. 
and where come on were you the dominant one yes. be honest i am the dominant <laughs> i sometimes feel like everyone relies on me too much because when there's any issue i'm the first one to be called and i need to call meetings i don't know i don't know i don't know but in terms of leadership as i've said i think i've always been uh, i've always had that skill or had that with me you know um in terms of leadership you have leaders that will go to school and study leadership and then you have born leaders so for me i think i i have it in me i'm one of those people who are blessed with that skill because it i can apply it at home i can apply it anywhere i go even you know in terms of um problem solving i think i have that skills they just come naturally you know because you'll find from the elders to the middle ones they always call me even with my brothers kids and sisters kids i'm just everyone comes to me so yeah <laughs> but you, but you didn't have it easy in those early days did yeah. you i mean you, and the the interesting thing that we were talking about uh, you hung around with the boys yep. what was the significance with that <laughs> Even today, I, I don't have friends, eh? Uh, everyone is my friend, but I don't really have, uh, like, friends. Because I think, you know, when you grow up in the townships, Jean, uh, it's it's not easy. It's a very tough, um, you know, you know, in the township, township setup, there are those families that as a child you admire. You wake up and you see these families, like everything is going well. And back then, if you see a family carrying a KFC paper bag, that's a big deal. Eh? And then you look at your family setup, when are we going to have KFC? And then you sort of... You look at this family, there will always be that dominant family with a shop or taxis or whatever. So you always want to look the part and you always want it to be like them. But then when you look at the structure, your mom is, is not working like my mom was not working. My father was the breadwinner and then he had his demons. You know, uh, as I've mentioned this morning that, you know, he had this demon, which is alcohol. So he'll go to work Monday to Friday. Thursdays, we must pray because Friday is payday. And then we all know what happens on Friday. It's either he comes back or he, do he doesn't. Or he comes back, but with no money. So um, the upbringing was actually very tough. So for me, when you look at other kids, uh, there's this thing with a label, label, like brand, 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 um, what do you call it? Brands, man, in terms of clothing. So when you look at other kids and you look at yourself, hey, we don't fit in because we wear normal clothes. We are different in so many ways. Not that we were struggling, struggling, but, you know, at some point as a, as a child, you look at someone else and you're like, I wish I had a Nike techie. I wish I had a Levi's jean. But I think my mother played a very big role in, in making sure that she teaches us to accept who we are and 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 we embrace that as well because she we will have meetings here and there and she will be like you need to understand in this life people are different and you are not other kids and in life you must accept who you are uh, you don't know what other people are doing to make that money so that i took that with uh, in fact all of us we are five kids but no one touches alcohol so i think we are blessed because we've seen what alcohol can do to a family Alcohol is, uh, I think a lot of people are going through a lot because of this one person is, is drinking alcohol. So it has damaged a lot of families. So for me, my mother played a very big role because today we can go back to her teachings and say, remember, even with our kids and say when they come and want certain things, remember you're not other kids. 
I can only afford A, B, C, D, E. So working with boys for me, even at church, I was friends with boys because boys are just easy, man. They just very easy. They make it easy to be around them. I remember I would go to school with boys. When I walk to school, I walk with boys like Tepo and Vuya. Let me just mention those two. Um, and you'll find that 11 o'clock break time at school and when you look at the setup with the ladies, ladies have lunchbox and then there's also snacks. You know, there's fruits and there's uh, there's cool drink. Everything is going and you look at yourself. Geez, I only have one rent. Then what? So when it's break time, I will walk out, go to my boot, to my guys. And then we stand at the corner. No formal setup. If you have one rent, you go and we buy fat cooks and, 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 and Viennas. You stand at the corner, put the food on the floor. You just eat. I think that's where my simplicity comes from. I, I'm not a formal setup kind of girl. So boys have played a, a very, I've learned a lot from them because they are just very welcoming and they're not judgmental. But when you look at women, it's another story. So I've coped and accepted who I am through them, the treatment they were giving me because I could not even afford a, a proper hairstyle like now. <laughs> I used to have my, my Afro hair and it was not even proper. You know, one of those things, you know, if you are from the location when we're talking poverty, it's something that you can easily identify just by looking at someone. So I think it was, I was just that child, but I refused to let my family situation define who I am. So that's why I'm saying to you, uh, hanging around boys, help me. It has shaped who I am. You you move from the location to Motherwell, and I know that community is very strong for you, and yeah. you, you're still based there. Yeah. What what are, what are the challenges of of operating a business out of Motherwell, but also what advantages does it give you? For me, um, living from Motherwell is actually heartbreaking because there's a lot of things that one can do in terms of um, um, supporting. Uh, like in fact, I don't I don't like using the disadvantage name because it's been used more often. It's such a common name, but there's a lot of things that one can do in the township. So for me, I feel like remaining there, it just adds value for me. You know, for for you to see that there's this person in in so much that a lot of people don't even know what I do, but I'm there. But in terms of development, there's a lot that we can do, but because of certain systems, we 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 just cannot achieve such things because we need to go through certain systems that are binding. But now, if you come with with a, a project and you are running it alone, then it becomes difficult. That is why I said to you, I started that uh, training. I, I said, you know what, we can achieve just about anything let me just start this thing so from the townships there's a lot that we can do and the reason i'm still remaining there i know everyone has been asking me that i i read there's a guy who baby jack matlala and i remember when he was a heavy he won like he was a world uh, title holder or something you can correct me so um i read his story and he was saying when he won that a lot of people were asking him, when are you moving away from the township? And he was still using taxes and stuff. So when I read this, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not the only person. I'm not cuckoo. Because my thing is that if, if, if someone is inspired by me from the township and they look at how 
I do things or how I conduct myself, I'm planting a seed. I'm actually teaching them something. I'm not saying I'm go I'm not going to move to the babs, but I still feel like my journey is my journey still needs to continue around the township. I still need to inspire more youth from my township. You will find that when they hear about me from the township, like, oh wow, because when you see me in the township, boy oh boy, I I look the part. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you're, you're now well known mm. for creating this incredible business um you're a dynamic entrepreneur mm -hmm. you worked your way up as as the as the narrative goes from domestic work, worker to owning your own hospitality company mm. but something that i picked up in our in our talks over the past few days you describe hospitality as the school of life yeah what was your schooling and and how did you develop into this person you are today? Yeah, you know, I've, as I've mentioned this morning, um, hospitality in so many ways one can, one can become whoever they want to be, if you are you are trading or working in that space. Let let's start at the fact that if you are cleaning, and um, as let me make an example, Dean, you are a client at that specific place. So by me offering a, a service excellence or a good service to you, and then you continue coming here, you become a frequent guest, you will take notice of me because here's this cleaning lady. Every time when I walk here, hi Dean, how are you? And you like you, you get more interested in getting to know this person and then eventually you're going to say maybe you are opening a, 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 a practice and you're like i'm looking for a cleaner don't you want to come and work with me so i've seen a lot of people getting out of hospitality and being employed in the in the in the in the um, spaces where they've studied in like professional professional space maybe let me make an example maybe you're an accountant and you don't have work and you end up working in the hospitality sector as a waiter by being open-minded and friendly and warm to guests, one ends up being employed as, a, as an accountant because there's this one person who will notice and say, hang on, there's something different about this uh, specific person. So for me personally, it was more about um, meeting different people and also getting those uh, those those. Um, those promotions um, that I, I, I saw an opportunity and I was like, this is where I can grow. And, and in, I want to tap to the fact there of, uh, to the education part, uh, as much as I'm, I always share that I'm a college dropout, but I've learned that there is so much that a, a person who has graduate, graduated from the practical space can offer to the academic side. So because I have first and first-hand experience so i always tell people and they laugh at me as i have graduated from the school of life so if you're talking street smart that's me if you're talking if you're talking my work and you come here and i will beat you 10 out of 10 if you're coming from the academic side because i always say hospitality is 90 percent practical and 10 percent theory so i have graduated from that space and i always say that i'm badass eh? <laughs> There's no doubt about that, Francine. Um, you talk about the practical aspect of your, yeah. your experience, and I think that's fundamental, certainly given the, the hospitality sector. But tell us about those first few jobs that you had. There was the tough Italian lady, for example. Um, and you've also worked with a soccer team as well, which I, which I, uh, yeah. I learned about. So tell yeah. us a bit about that. Yeah. You see, the Italian lady, Aita, employed me <laughs> after I worked at the BNB for about three years. And then I got tired and then I just resigned. I didn't even know what I'm going to do. Uh, but then my boss, 
linked me, my former boss linked me with this Italian lady. She owns a restaurant and in um, SWAT cops. So um, what I've learned about working for tough people, they're actually teaching you something. They're teaching you how to be strong and independent moving forward. For your, They're preparing you for your next big thing. You know, because after working for ITA, whenever I get employment and I face challenges, I always sit back and think, hang on, I've dealt with worse, you know. So Aita actually was my good Italian teacher because she was a very strong woman who knows what she wanted and she wanted results, you know, at any given time. So I'm one person, if you are tough or harsh, I always see the good in that because you're actually training me. I never took offense in any of those things because she will take me from the shop I was employed for the shop, but she will say, my girl, please, you see my personality because I like to joke. I like to play around. So oh, my girl, can you please come to my house? And I go to the house when I get there. Can you please clean my house? I'm like, okay. Then I will clean the house with pleasure. But then that has taught me sometimes employers will sort of think that I'm not going to employ another person. I'm going to overwork this one. But by doing that, they don't know that they're actually training that person. You know, so I worked for Aita for years. But funny enough, when I resigned, I missed her. Because when I got to the other side, I was like, Ugh. but she had humor in between. It was not always tough. But it, it depends how you receive the toughness of the person. So for me, that was a learning curve. So I was trained by the best. You're listening to Frontierland with myself, Dr. Dean Allen. Uh, this show deals in inspiration, and today we've got someone very inspirational, uh, Mrs. Francine Zana. She's uh, someone who has worked uh, her way up, um, not only in her career, but also in her personal life, to be a respected business lady, entrepreneur. Um, Francine, uh, you today, how many people do you employ? In terms of employment, I'm sitting at 19 and I have, uh, that's permanent and I have a lot of temp stuff. Yo, I can't even have lost count because what have, part of the things that I do uh, is host, exclusive hospitality concepts. We we have food and beverage staff that one can hire whenever you have events. So those are the kids that I've provided complimentary training. And then later, whenever there's any temp job, I place them. So I took the initiative that when we have anyone looking for staff, um, they just give me a shout. I work with a couple of companies around Port Elizabeth, like Flair Catering, Functions Warehouse, and LX Events. Those guys will always give me a call and say, Francine, we're looking for, for staff. And then the team will go and work. So I have more, more that has been growing because we started around about 2019. I started in the, at a very small scale. And my thinking around that was having trained people who understand service, not just pick up someone and say, I have a job for you. No, take someone in, give them training, more detailed, and then they go out there and serve. So because for me, it was more about my brand. When you're talking my brand, yo, it's, I'm very, very fussy. Because it, it, it took me a long time to build it and it was not easy. But you've also got the experience of working in these different positions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what gives you the strength. Um, how, did the, how did that transition come from, say, you know, servicing the rooms to be somebody who could actually provide people to do that? How did that happen? And I believe it was uh, you took a risk at some point in your career moving between certain hotels um, and you took a hit in the pocket as well, which not many people would have done. Yo, the transition from being a housekeeper to 
let's start from being a housekeeper to food and beverage and all these other fancy departments, which is receptionist and management. It was not easy because remember, you work with people. So when you are promoted, you first get <laughs> you first uh, get that criticism from your peers, from your colleagues, um, most especially if they promote you from being a housekeeper to a supervisor level. You find that you're struggling with people respecting you. You find that you struggle with a lot of things. People always reduce you, reduce you to that housekeeper. So the journey itself has not been easy. There's a there's a lot that went on behind the scenes. There was a lot of tears, but uh, again. Uh, what kept me going was the fact that who are you, who I am and where I come from, where, what is it that I want in life? So the transition was not nice. Even, even when I had to now flip from being a general staff member and becoming a businesswoman, that was worse. That was worse. That was tough because now from being someone who's known, uh, a lot of people have known me or seen me. I used to serve them. I used to clean their rooms. Now you're sitting at the same room as us at an event. So some people were not welcoming. Some, a lot of those, you know, when you walk in and you can feel it, that mm. Um, I think I'm carrying this cleaning and waitressing stigma with me. But then again, my attitude has actually helped me. So when I assess that, okay, this is what I'm facing with, that's when I, I started building the brand, making people people aware that actually, you know what, I can start from a cleaner and become a somebody. So I think as a human being, I've built something that is so strong that people now respect, you know, as a, as, as I'm someone who likes to, you command respect. It's how you treat yourself. It's how you portray yourself that makes people respect you. So it got to a point that, that uh, people now started to uh, respect me and started seeing me as a business person. And I think that transition began when I started win, winning, winning awards and that changed the game. People paid attention and I started networking more outside Port Elizabeth. And then I find that, okay, when I'm not in PE, people here are more welcoming because they don't know me. So I started traveling a lot. Whenever there's an event in Johannesburg, I'll take my last 5,000 rent, book my flight, go to Joburg, book a hotel, but then don't even have money to eat for the duration of the stay. But you know what? As a lady, you always make a plan. So I will go check in. Have the teas and biscuits in the room. <laughs> have the teas and biscuits in the room and have a takeaway. And then the day of the event, I eat lunch, breakfast, lunch at the event. Come back late, biscuit and tea, off I sleep. Because you know what? I was I was chasing my dreams. So and I always believe that, you know, people don't know what you ate last night. True. It's all about how you present yourself. True. So um, I've done a lot of that. A lot of those. I've attended a lot of motivational events and I've connected with very good people outside PE. Then, when the brand was being taken serious from outside PE, I saw a lot of shift in PE. And and not just that. Remember, I started while I was working. Even my my colleagues or former colleagues started to respect me even more. You know. So yeah, you work around these things. It's not always easy. And it was a move from, I believe, you were working at a three-star, four-star yes. establishment, and you actually took a pay cut to move to a, a, a more prestigious establishment. And who was the gentleman that gave you that opportunity and who 
perhaps opened the doors for you. Can you explain that? Story? Yeah. And in, in 20, I think it was 2009, 2009, I was working at the Calway Hotel as, as a front office manager. So, um, you know, as when you're servicing guests, you always hear the, about the different star ratings. Guests will always wrap it in that, you know, and you are running a four star. I'm so used to five star. And I, I, I got interested. I wanted to know what is five star because I've worked from one, two, three and four star. I think um, I've, I've, I've reached the end. But then when now they're talking about four, I became so inquisitive. But then in 2009, a new hotel was opening in Port Elizabeth and that is Shamwari Town. It was Shamwari Town aspect then and uh, I applied and I was invited for an interview went in and uh, yeah me being me I became Francine I became chatty and they liked me and then after that I was told we want you on board but we don't have a front office manager position available it's already filled so we'd like to offer you we have they have actually a um, assistant housekeeper position at 3.5 and my salary at the time was sitting at 7.5 and I had to take a salary cut. I didn't even blink and I didn't even say to them, guys, give me some time. I'm going to think about it. No. Very same day they told me they have that position. I took it. The reason why I did that is because of uh, I realized that I can become something out of this hospitality industry. So if if I've worked for a guest house and I've worked for a non-graded property and I've worked for a one star up to four star, now what's missing? It's five star. So I had to take gamble and take that and it has paid off because it took me just three months. So I got promoted to a management position and then I was back to my feet. But I struggled at home financially, but I was looking at the bigger picture. I was looking at the bigger picture that if I can graduate, I didn't even know that one day I'll run a business, but I wanted to have that experience. For me, it was very important to cover all these dark grades up to five so that one day I can say, you know what? I've done it all. What else do you need? <laughs> but that has helped me today. If if you if you hire me to train your staff, I simply tell you that it's either I give you five or nothing because now I've learned that five is the best in South Africa and anyone in the tourism sector may it be you running a one star a two star a three star or a four star it's not about how big is your establishment it's not about how beautiful is your furniture it's all about service and when you're talking five star five star is what service so I graduated in that space and I'm proud of myself <laughs> And you're all about guest relations, aren't you? Your relationship with the guests. Can you give me some examples where you perhaps took the, took the opportunity of, uh, of, of gaining knowledge from them and also uh, benefiting from those relationships? Okay. I think one of the things that I've been mentioning to you is that it's very important when you work in the hospitality sector, it doesn't matter which department, to always communicate with your guests. I'll make an example. I was doing 10 downs. I'm not sure if you know 10 downs at night. Uh, you, it's when you open a bed for a guest and then you go back to the bathroom, clean it and refresh the towels. That's 10 down. So this one night I was, um, I was servicing, I was doing 10 down. And it so happened that I was doing 10 down for PJ Powers. So I went, I went to her room, I knocked housekeeping, housekeeping. And then she said, come in. So I went in. And it was August, uh, uh, Women's Month. And then 
she said, I started telling her, oh, my name is Francine. I work here. I train in, I'm now training. You know, I can train in your house. When I was doing that, I was marketing myself. I actually wanted her to ask me to go train. But something amazing happened. She just listened to me. And then she said to me, you know what? sounds so good and your story is so inspiring you know what i'm booked here to come and speak at an event a women's month women's day event but you know what i want you to come and speak and i'll do the singing and i was like what and she said yeah i'm, I'm dead serious you must come she's a very nice and very friendly very warm uh guests guests are not always the same you find those are reserved you find those who are warm so you need to read them you need to study them before you can even start speaking you know so she gave me that opportunity <laughs> i couldn't believe it so my first talk was with pj powers went on stage i didn't even know how to handle it i just went there and i started talking but from the response i did well people came to me they were inspired and guess what the event was in Motherwell. Then she started playing and I was just doing the talking, 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 and people were inspired. So from there on, I believed in myself more that I've got a good thing going here. Let me just continue with this. So, you know, interacting with guests helps a lot. Some are nasty, some are good, some are not friendly, but you will never know. But the, the, the principle is that we treat them the same with respect and professionalism because you'll never know what might come out of that. Talking about respect, I think you had the respect of your boss. Um, tell me how he opened the door for you to work with him and for his support, which was also important in this in this world that you've now developed. Yeah, Mr. G is, is one amazing person this is mr adrian gardner by the way <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> you call him mr g I, mean, I call him mr g i never change I, I, I yeah mr g is is such an amazing amazing very tough very very tough um he knows what he wants there's no time for for us there were no there was no time for us to play around you know while i was working at mandis but he was also very good in identifying talent but he is not one to tell you that you could or what but you can just read between the lines and when he picks up that you actually have a good thing going he supports you so for me he has done something that not any boss can do you'll never find a boss when you tell them you want to start a business they support you more especially same line as him so it's a hospitality space you could have easily said mm, she's got a good concept going take the concept and 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 implement it but in my case I, I i sat him down and said boss i think i've done everything because he was also very good in pushing me in terms of food and beverage because i started serving servicing guests while i was a housekeeper he will believe in me in the fact that he will say francine I have a group coming and you must serve us. And you know, the menu is not that easy. So he's been giving me that push from that angle, from making sure that I know and understand a lot of things. Even when I started the business, he was also supporting it, you know, by saying market it here, you know, and when you know you are ready, I think he knew that a lot of us when we're thinking of starting a business or running a business we think that we immediately when you resign you're gonna make money boy oh boy it's so tough out there 
you even the people that you've been telling that you starting a company when you finally resign and you move away from the space of having internet access telephones and and you are on your own you call people and they always pro- promise you I'll call you back and they never call you back so for him he has always been there and 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 I still remember we'll send him messages and say hey boss can we please have a message and you're sorry a meeting and say come so he has always had an open door policy even before I started the business he was like that when I started the business gave me a platform to market myself when I resigned and moved on we still maintained a good relationship because I will call him and say I remember when I, I made a, a certain figure in the business I phoned him and said I've made so much and he's like really and I said yes <laughs> so he's been there guiding me from behind you know even though it was not a day-to-day thing but whenever I think of him he will always take my calls so he's he's been very good with me now it's a it's a fantastic example yeah. of working with your present structure to actually yeah. improve yourself isn't it and somebody who had the vision to see that see mm. your ability and to and to and to and mentor you in many ways which is mm. which is fantastic mm. now you're I'm, I know you're a modest lady, but I'm going to mention it. You're, you're an award winner, and not only here in South Africa, but internationally, certainly on the African continent. You're recognized for your awards and what you've done in terms of entrepreneurship, leadership. I want you to try and relate to anybody listening to this who's perhaps struggling with, with a, a dream, a, a, a vision to open up their own small business. I want you to just explain the process that you went through. And it, it isn't always easy, but what kept you going? Uh, for me, again, I think when you start a, a business, you must have a clear vision. You must also, I always say to people, we need to operate in a space or start a business in a space where you at least have experience or you are passionate about it. You know, um, most people will start a business. Let's say you start a cooking business because someone else is cooking and I think that business is making money. That is a wrong motive. So so I think when one wants to start a, 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 a business, you need to do a research, you know, do a research, understand that sector. So for me personally, I'm in the training and consulting space. The reason I started that business, I felt like after being trained by different people that they just don't know what they're doing. That was my take. And the only reason I will go to training was that I'm having a day off. I'm going to get free food. And then, yeah, I'm just going to sit. I'm not even listening, but I'm there because it's not talking to me. It's not my, it's not what we are doing. It's not a day to day. So I saw an opportunity that hang on. There is a gap here. There is a, a need for someone to come in and say, I've been there. I've done that. Plus the training spaces also one needs to be Uh, You need to know how to work around people. That is me. So when we're talking, someone wants to start business, it's not always about having funding. It's just having the correct tools in terms of you do your research. The next thing is networking and connecting with the right people. So when you and you build shame, you must have a very solid foundation. So you build. It's not like you're going to start now. It's very important to understand that you give yourself a time frame that you are going to build. You are not going to make money. Money will come later. So for me, I started 2012, very professional space, no room for people who are all over. I needed to know my story. 
So I had to push. It was tough. Had to push. Had to push. I wanted to diversify, but I couldn't because I had to make sure I master my craft so that whenever someone wants a service, I can deliver. So my advice is that do your research, network, be connected with the right people, find the right mentor, approach, approach, approach people. Do not be afraid of the unknown. Do not listen to really listen to people who are gonna tell you it's not possible. Tell yourself it's possible. You know, I was told many times it's not possible. How are you gonna do it? Tourism is not transformed. If tourism is not transformed, I'm gonna transform it myself. That's my belief. I don't care if it's gonna take me ten years. That's my attitude. And when you ask people or you listen to people telling you you can't do it, prove them wrong. But you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. And then at a later stage, you say, uh-huh. So the most important tool is believing in yourself and also be able to approach, 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 approach. And a lot of people that I've interacted with, I find that they are so afraid to approach. You need to approach. Wake up one day. I've done this. Wake up one day and go to a prominent corporate and say, I have a meeting. While I don't even have a meeting. But I've been calling them, they're not answering. And say, I'm looking for so-and-so, I have a meeting for today. And they pop in, oh, I said, maybe maybe something happened. And we meet after the meeting, I tell the truth, we didn't have an appointment. <laughs> but I really wanted to speak to you. From there on, they see this person is driven, this person wants this. So it's very important to know your story. Even if you don't know your story, Google. Google is going to assist you. Google must be your friend. And yeah. Francine, this is one heck of a story, of course, and I believe that other people are recognising the, uh, the 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 stories out there. So, you've been approached by Netflix and I think BBC as well to tell this story, but you're not ready, apparently. No. Why? I've met. I was a speaker at African Tourism Summit, and there were a representative. I was a speaker, and they liked the story, and they offered. So, I'm one person uh, that if my gut feeling is telling me I'm not ready or whatever the story might be, then I don't get involved. Um, one thing that one needs to understand or know when they're running a business, not not everything is about money. So when I was approached, I was like, what is it in for Francine? How much am I going to make out of this? How much are they going to make out of this? So for me, I was like, uh-uh. I don't understand the sector. I don't know the filming industry. So let, let me just pause for now. So when I'm ready, I'll give you a shout. <laughs> we'll be there. And it's a story that will still run. You've been, as I said, thank you for coming in today. You've been an inspiration. I'm looking forward to following your journey. And I think there's more to come. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so, so much, Dini. <laughs> that was Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. For more podcasts, visit algoafm.co.za.